Sports from the Power News Radio Network. So, Anthony, how you doing? How you doing, guys? Doing good. Well, I'm depressed from last week, but, you know. 33-3 <laughs> <laughs> three is pretty, pretty tough to take there. So I, I hear you, man. But I'm, I'm all right otherwise. <laughs> I mean, we're about to bounce back with this big W. We're about to <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> about to eat this W Jameis Winston style. <laughs> so before we kind of get into Seattle and the game and all that, you know, we understand that you have an interesting profession. You're a photographer, and you've had the chance to, you know, photograph some NFL games. So if you don't mind, I had a few questions that I think, like, you know, the listeners would want to hear about and just how that process goes. For sure, for sure. So when you're getting ready, like, how, how do you how do you know where the best spot to, uh, to capture, like, some of the best photographs are uh, on the field? So I'm still learning. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting. This is this is my fourth season that I've been doing it, and and I still find myself learning s- stuff all the time. So probably the best thing is is staying ahead of the action. So you know, a couple places that you can be if you, if you're standing on the sideline is about 30 yards downfield from where the play is, and you want to do that for a couple of reasons. One, if there's any sort of pass there. You, you've got a little bit more time to focus on where the ball might be going because it's coming to, towards you. And you would think that that's not a whole lot of time, and it's not, but that little extra bit actually allows me to kind of see the play start to develop and kind of figure out where it's going. Um, another place is being, you know, in the end zone. Um, you're able to look at both sides of the field, you know, to your left and to your right. And, you know, again, it allows the play to kind of develop. You know, you can see, okay, hey, there's a pass probably going to the right side. So I'm kind of kind of going to look over there. And then honestly, there's there's a lot of it where you're just kind of fixating on, on a player. You, you look like look at a matchup and say, hey, this this matchup looks pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to guess on that one and, and hopefully it works out. So So you don't, you know, run up and down the sideline with like the rest of the team? Oh no, we we definitely move run up and down the sideline. I mean, I put a few miles uh, running every every game there. So no, we definitely do that. But sometimes, uh, you know, you you just kind of guess at where it might be going, and 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 uh, it certainly helps once you you know the team and you kind of know their tendencies because then you you've got kind of an educated guess, right? You know, you look at this formation, you're like, okay, this looks like a run play, so I'm going to focus on the running back. Let's say out of all the shots you take, because you guys are shooting like you know a, a bunch of pictures. And I mean, you're a professional. How many how many shots are like usable for any type of public medium, or how many are like throwaways? Uh, the, the vast majority are throwaways. I, if I if I had to guess, probably five percent are, are usable. So in that case, that'd probably be about a hundred. And, and maybe if you got a really good day, you're close to to about ten percent. So maybe you know closer to two hundred if you're just really shooting well. But a lot of it is 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 they're very similar, right? You you you're pointing and and they're just they're kind of the same frame, but you know while they're running, so you just kind of pick the best one out of a sequence. There's one big iconic shot that has had blew up, and I'm referring to the Kawhi Leonard shot. When you get a picture like that, can you like instantly tell like, oh my god, this is gold? Yeah, there there's uh there's there's certain shots where you're just like, okay, yeah, that's that's money. One of the the things that I've really tried to work on though is is look at it later because a lot of times you may see your shot and and the first inclination is to look, "Oh, did I get this?" But it's actually better to wait because there's a lot of things that are happening that you may not be paying attention to. And I'll give you an example. 
So let's say, you know, you get a really nice catch going into the end zone, right? And you're like, oh man, I think I got that, but I want to check. But there's all sorts of other things that are happening. There's the celebration from the players. You know, you turn around, you've got the, uh, you've got the the fans that are you know kind of leaping up and going crazy there. So you want to get all of that content because then they're going to calm down, and then once they calm down, then you can look back and say, okay, hey, you know, I, I did get this, and man, this is this is pretty good. But yeah, there's there's some times where you you get it and you're like, okay, yeah, I know I nailed that one. What's the biggest game you've uh, took pictures at? Uh, probably. It would have been the 2017 season. It was the playoff game between uh, when the Lions came to town uh, in Seattle. So that, that was the biggest one that I've done. Do you have like a secret stash of photos because you like just caught players doing like some outrageous stuff? Not really. I mean, I think probably the 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 most outrageous, I think, uh, I, and I can't say his name, but uh, I had a player that was uh, – that was pretty sick, had the flu and just like, you know, was out there, got off from a play and was vomiting in a trash can. <laughs> so, and then, you know, once he was finished, right, went right back out into to the play there. So, I mean, that was, that was definitely different to see. Cause you, you, you normally wouldn't see that on TV. Have you ever been in a collision? No. Although uh, I actually almost got in one here uh, last week. Um, there was a, a play that was coming to the sideline there. It was uh, I, I can't think of who the Bengal player that got the catch, but Trey Flowers just basically stood him up and they just kept driving towards the sideline and I kept snapping as, as long as I could. And then it was obvious that they were going to come into me, uh, you know, s- scooted out to the side. I had a, one a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it it kind of made um, – kind of some national press where where Richard Sherman had uh you know kind of was was going berserk because of a, a touchdown that was given up to to Julio Jones and I you know was was walking um to get to a position that I wanted to go and I I look up and Julio Jones is running towards me like a freight train and I'm just like oh man I gotta get out the way <laughs> can you explain to the listeners who don't know like just how fast these guys are running because you're you're on the sideline it's unreal. I mean, the difference between watching on TV and watching it live, e- even from the stands, because you've got kind of that wider shot, it, you know, that that wider field of view. It, it's really hard to see how fast they're going because they're all going generally about the same speed, right? The, the relative speed difference between players isn't that great. But when you're stationary and you're on that that field level and they're running. I mean, it's like lightning. That's just a really cool job, man. I think it's pretty cool. I, I you know, it's like I said, I've been doing this. This is my fourth season. And every time it feels like the first time, like I definitely don't take it for granted. It's, it's a pretty cool opportunity. I, I know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that would, would love to be in that position. And I'm, I'm definitely always very appreciative of the opportunity and, and try to make the most of it, you know, when I can are you what are you born and raised Seattle? Cleaning? Did I miss that? I just want to make sure I got that. Yeah, I am a native. You're native Seattle. Well, okay, great, great. And uh, and what part have you always been around? I'm only asking because I visited there once, and I, I went to this before with another guest we had from Seattle. I really like the city. It's a great place, and I stayed in the Airbnb in West Seattle. Okay, that's a great place. Uh, yeah, and every day I would we take a bus. By the way, buses usually are terrible in other cities. Seattle buses actually work. Um, and we would take buses downtown. So like Belltown, Capitol Hill. Yeah. All that, man. Loved it. What part are you in? Uh, I live in Fremont, which is about 15. Oh, no, you said Fremont. Yeah. North that's right. downtown, but I've, I've lived in Capitol Hill. Uh, I actually kind of grew up a little bit over in Bellevue, which is about 10 minutes east across the lake. 
Um, I lived in South Seattle, so I, I've lived in a few places. Are you diehard Seattleite? Like, are you man? I'm a, I'm I'm Seahawks. I got Mariners. Are you a diehard? Are, are you know? Is that you? I, I am. I'm I'm still salty about the Sonics leaving in in t- 2008. So I'm still mad about that. I really can't watch the <laughs> NBA because of it. Um, <laughs> you know, the Mariners break my heart all the time, but you know, I still. I, I still rep them. Um, you know, the Seahawks are, are, are the team here. Um, you know, I actually even got into to soccer because of the Sounders. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a Seattle sports guy. What's it like waking up every morning to football at 10 o'clock a.m.? It's got it's like heaven. It's got to be heavenly. We got to wait till one o'clock. It's amazing, especially, you know, when you don't have anything to do, you got three games, right? You got the 10 o'clock, you wake up, get you, get you some breakfast there. You got a morning game. Then you got your game in the afternoon. Then you got Sunday night football. I mean, it's nine plus hours of football. It's fantastic. Well, that's the thing. Football is the thing to do. Like when football's on, you never have nothing to do. Right. Can you imagine that? We, like, we go to bed after Steelers games, night games at like midnight. <laughs> yeah. It'd be so great to get three hours. <laughs> oh, I have a whole night. Uh, I, I know, right? Like that's like. Even when it comes to basketball, like I can, I can never watch like Golden State games because it's like it goes off late. at it goes off yeah. at like one thirty. I'm just like, oh my goodness! So you guys get so lucky. Sunday night games, Monday night games. You're still in bed by nine, and for us, it starts at nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's I, I asked another? We had another guest. Uh, who's your favorite Seahawk of all time? Matt Hasselbeck. Wow, really? Hey, okay, that's, that's okay. my guy. That's my guy. He he was the quarterback that I first. I guess kind of fell in love with like I didn't really like I liked the Seahawks when I was a kid but I really didn't pay them a a ton of attention until probably about the 2002 season kind of once they moved into their new their new stadium they kind of got the new jerseys and that that kind of got my attention and I just had kind of a swag about them that I just I just liked and you know then they that's kind of when they started you know kind of getting good I mean now I I I kind of say now is kind of the golden age of the Seahawks, but before Pete Carroll came, you know, that kind of era with, with Mike Holmgren, that, that kind of was the the golden era before the golden era, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, there was, you know, Matt and then, you know, you had Sean Alexander and and Daryl Jackson, and they just had all of these, you know, really kind of cool guys, Bobby Ingram, you know, they were just, just fun guys to watch. I will say that you have had, uh, Seattle has had one of the, best rebrands in the history of sports when you the oh i love your old jerseys but your new jerseys with the new stadium and the new coach with Pete carroll that rebrand was insane it was like denver in 98 like everything changed when the 12th the 12th man started becoming prominent that loud stadium became prominent everything i feel changed in seattle the second the kingdom was gone yeah, and it, it was it was weird. It literally took like two to three years, and then boom! Now you guys are the loudest place. <laughs> like your fans are insane. The energy's still there. I, I'll never forget the decibels. All that. <laughs> How do people feel about Steelers and their fans? Are we annoying to people in other in Seattle? Like are, you know, because the Cowboys are hated everywhere. That isn't Dallas, you know, and not a front runner. How, how are Steelers fans perceived in general? Do people care? Um. Yeah. If it's like kind of like me, I think once we got our Super Bowl win, I think it definitely hurt a lot less. Um, mm. Most, and I don't, I don't know exactly where it's at. I, I do know that there's a Steelers bar somewhere here in Seattle, um, just because I had an old coworker that was a Steelers fan and, and would go there. Um, I, I definitely don't think that in terms of an annoyance. I mean, uh, Cowboys fans and and Patriots fans are definitely far more annoying, in my opinion. Um, than uh, Steelers fans you know I think 
you know, kind of once, you know, some of the pain of, of Super Bowl 40 went away, you know, that there were some, uh, you know, some Steelers fans that were just like, you know, that was kind of messed up. I, w- I would have rather have seen, you know, that, you know, we just beat you straight up without the con- controversy. And I, I can respect that, right? You know, sometimes you, you, you just go up against a better team and, you know, it's just not your day. I, I get it. That's fine. But when there was all the controversy that was there, you know, I, you know, obviously you guys would prefer t- to win, but, you know, not have that controversy and, and just win straight up. So, you know, I've, I've had, a you know, a number of gracious Steelers fans who's like, hey, man, that was messed up. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And then, you know, we're cool. Look, we're family again. I like that. <laughs> yeah. We're back on the same page. So rolling into that. We're about to play on Sunday, and you may or may not know the Steelers did not win on Sunday. It was fairly <laughs> close. It was a close, closer than the the score will show you. Uh, how do you? Okay. Do, do you right. do, <laughs> I'm just trying to be positive. Is Seattle going to win? Do you think they got it? I think so, um, and, and I'll tell you why. I, I don't know for sure, but it sounds like from the reports that Ziggy Ansah should be playing this game, and, and I think that uh, between him. And Jadavion Clowney, and if Quentin Jefferson can have a game like he had last week, I think that uh, he's, he, they're going to give Ben a, a, a tough time there. So um, I, I think based on kind of review, I think they played a little conservative against the Bengals because I don't think they wanted to give a lot. Um, I, I, honestly, I think they kind of were a little bit overconfident with the Bengals and and, and kind of squeaked one out. But I think they, they did that on purpose because they didn't want a lot on film for this game. I like it. I mean, it breaks my heart to hear you say that. But <laughs> well, I just want to let you know, uh, Pittsburgh beats the NFC at a sixty-seven percent clip. That's a good stat. I feel my boys in black and gold are going to do what they do and lay the smacketh down. Um, and my reason for that is I think we're pretty equal on the defensive sides. Uh, you guys are kind of going through like another rebrand. You have a strong line, uh, you know, headed by those that two-headed monster that you just referred to in Ziggy and uh, Jadavian, two huge pickups. But I, I think our receivers are pretty explosive and can give your secondary run for its money. You guys have kind of been underwhelming with the receiving core. Who has the advantage? I think it's it's I think it's kind of hard to say because because we don't know. You know, Doug Doug unfortunately had to retire. And, you know, he was kind of the, the Bobby Ingram of this era where it's just like super reliable. Um, you know, we, we would call him, you know, third and Doug because you need a third down there. You know, he was the guy that, that Russell could scramble and just seemed to know where he was at at all times and could get it to him. So, you know, I, I think that's a big question mark for, for this year. Um, there's a lot of hype between uh, about uh, DK Metcalf and, you know, he had a really, really good game uh, for his first game. But he's a rookie. You know, it's really tough for uh, rookie ride receivers to make to make a big mark there because it's so much different from the college game. Uh, Tyler Lockett, um, you know, I, I think he really made some some huge strides last year. I think uh, I think he had something like a perfect quarterback rating um, th- over the last season. I mean, it was something just in, insane. Um, had a touchdown last week. Um, I, I think that he's definitely a weapon and I think they'll use him in a, in a, in a few different ways um, but I, I think there's a lot that that we're still learning about this team just because there's been a lot of a lot of changes and a lot of turnover I, I don't like to predict anymore because I just keep getting my heart broken I will say if we do beat Seattle it's going to be because of a turnover in the second half 
Uh, I don't see us lighting our defense up by any means or I'm running it. It really will come down to like whatever we design for our pass plays. The wild card is your offense. I, I, I Again, I, I've watched that whole game because I picked Seattle and Survivor, and I was like, what are they waiting for? Are they doing it? So I don't know what to expect from Russell Wilson in that office when they come to Pittsburgh. I swear to you, if they unleash some ridiculous nonsense where they drop 40 points, I'll never watch football again. <laughs> um, it, it, it's that. I think it's because it's week one. We don't really, really, really know what everyone can do. Yeah. Um, if it were in Seattle, I'd say we were going to go home too. I think being home helps. So hopefully we just don't give you the ball too many times and we just don't kick field goals from the one-yard line. And if we could just do that, I, 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 I like the Steelers' chances this week. Hopefully we don't go home too. Um, Anthony, I want to play a quick little game called This or That, where basically I give you two options and you pick this or that. All right? You win. Okay. So you can have this, Chris Carson, or you can have that, Matt Breda. Who are you choosing? Chris Carson. I think he's got a lot of uh, a lot of Marshawn Lynch in it. I, I mean, I grabbed one shot where he had a, a swing pass, and I mean, he broke probably three or four tackles to uh, to, to end up getting in the end zone there. And I, I just think he has a real knack for breaking tackles and and uh, you know absorbing punishment and, and still keeping it going. And no disrespect to your to your boy, I think he's pretty good too. I just uh, I I think that. Uh, Chris is tough, and I think that you know he's a seventh round uh, draft pick, and I think he plays on a chip on his shoulder, and I, and I think it shows. And I think he's got a lot to prove. You can have this Tyler Lockett or that Brandon Cooks. I mean, if if I'm if I'm picking on my fantasy team, I'm I'm, de- I'm going to take Cooks there. Um, one, I think he's going to get more targets, um, and like you said, I think he's a little bit more established. I mean, Tyler's definitely on the rise, but uh, if, I, if I had to pick one, I think I'd pick Brandon Cooks. All right, last question. Cannon or Nikon? Uh, I'm a Cannon guy. Uh, well, actually, I'm a Sony guy. I used to be a Cannon guy. Um, no no disrespect to Nikon. It's, it's kind of the Coke or Pepsi, but that's uh, Cannon is where I got started and you know had a lot of success with and then uh sony's been doing some some pretty fantastic stuff so i ended up making that switch last year and actually haven't haven't missed missed uh canon there um going from just a, a bigger you know dslr to a mirrorless camera has has been uh really nice for me one just because it doesn't weigh nearly as much and and sony's really innovating there so um i, I guess i'm picking the third option sony <laughs> i got one quick one from from Seattle perspective. Sure. Opening day baseball, opening day football. Ooh. Opening day football, hands down. Ooh, okay. 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 Not, not even close. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh nice. you know what? Okay, so speaking of the let's stay on the baseball versus football track. Okay. What was better for Seattle? The Legion of Boom era or like that like ninety five to like ninety eight Mariners era? You know, Griffey, Griffey. You guys had Ken Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson. Oh, wait, wait. There, there was also Tino Martinez. Oh, yeah. Edgar, yeah. Edgar, Edgar Martinez. Uh, Jay Buhner with the beard. Oh. Yep. Yes. Team was stacked. Man, that, that's another tough one. I'm, I'm going to say probably that 95 to 98 period because that is what kept the Mariners in Seattle because they would have left if they didn't have that. Um, you know, while obviously the Legion of Boom led to us winning a, a, a Super Bowl, the Seahawks weren't going to leave the city. So if I had to, to pick between those two, I think probably the 95 to 98 Mariners and keeping baseball in Seattle was probably more impactful than, than, uh, than the Legion of Boom. That's cool. 
That's awesome, man. Seattle's a lot of sports history, man. It's underrated as a sports town, but there's some awesome sports moments that I go through my head. Is that, that I, I appreciate the walk back down memory lane. That was pretty cool. So, Anthony, we want to thank you for coming on with us. And it's been a pleasure. A that, giving us a little bit of that Seattle perspective. I wish you no luck on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> okay, I don't want you any luck either, so that's all good. <laughs> but I want to quickly give you the platform. You got anyone you want to shout out? I, you know, I guess maybe my, my photographer crew, um, you know, I've, I've got a few people, Saskia, Trong, Aileen, uh, Rod, Corky. I mean, there's just a lot of people, Dean, uh, got a lot of, a lot of people that I like working with and, uh, oh, Ted Warren, uh, he works for the AP phenomenal photographer and like super helpful. He always like makes sure to, to, to give people a helping hand when they need it and, and always has some, some good advice there. So. Um, I'm, I'm really privileged to work with some, some great photographers and, and just good people. I think for this special edition, I'm going to shout out 2005. That's the year where Pittsburgh beat the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> we never forget. No, man, this is, I, I want to shout out Seattle, man. Uh, it, it, uh, talking to you, uh, we also got to talk to another individual named Marcus. Uh, Seattle is one of my favorite cities. Uh, I, I've been everywhere from the Kingfish Cafe to West Seattle to Belltown to Capitol Hill. People are great. And this is just another example of that. So again, while I hope we win this game, I would love for us to play you guys in your hometown so I can have an excuse to get back out there. Yeah, awesome town. Cool. Awesome people. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Oh, this is great.